Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Plain Sense with me, Christine Burns. In this episode, political correctness. Has it gone mad? Political correctness. Now, there's a phrase. And it's never said in a positive way, which I find odd, don't you? After all, it seems to me that if you're going to do anything political, that is, about people and society, then the only acceptable option is to do it correctly. Have you noticed, for instance, that the very newspapers which are the first to shout and howl about political correctness are also the first to have a fit about politics and politicians who aren't correct? seems to me they don't know what they do want, except perhaps to sell newspapers. The usual target for finger-waving about political correctness gone mad is anything associated with human rights. That's also odd when you think about it. Because human rights are something which belong to all of us, all of the time. Not just some of us, some of the time. They're not given to anyone. They can only be claimed or denied. Trouble is, there's a risk that most of us smugly take them for granted, too. You may only realise how fundamental and precious they are when they're abused or taken away. What's happened in recent years is that the press, and it is largely to the print media, I'm afraid, have attempted to steal a precious concept and subvert it into a dirty word. All they present us with are examples which challenge us to think that human rights are a bad thing, because applying them can sometimes lead us to look in the mirror uncomfortably at the consequences of our attitudes. Before going any further, however, I wanted to know whether the press had succeeded. I decided to take my microphone out on the streets of South Manchester and ask people first whether they thought that human rights were relevant to them or to their family and friends. There were a couple of people who didn't think so. Do you think that human rights are relevant to you or members of your family? I would say no. Why do you say that? I don't really know much about the subject, I'm afraid, really. Do you feel that human rights are uh, of value and relevance to you in your own life or members of your family? Not really, no. Why do you say that? I don't know, I just don't think it. I'll pick up the point about whether people know what human rights are in a moment, but here are some other views. Do you feel that human rights are relevant to your life? Um, yeah, everyone's, yeah. Do you feel that human rights are relevant day to day for you or your family or your friends? Yeah. In what way? Uh, well, you've just got to have your rights, haven't you? Otherwise, anything could happen. Do you think they're important to you? Absolutely. Why? Because everybody deserves to be treated with respect. Well, yeah, it's relevant for everyone, really, isn't it, human rights? Is, um, everyone should be entitled to a certain standard of living, and that's it, really. OK, do you know, can you actually name some of the human rights? Um, give us a second, I'm sorry. Right to education, services, health care. Um, you're putting me on the spot here. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, that's uh, brilliant. By and large, the people who thought human rights were relevant were the ones who could name one or more of them. Uh, oh, God. I know them, but I can't remember what they are. Right to uh, employment, right to uh, place to live, a right to not be persecuted for your religion and that kind of thing. I can't name them exactly, but you've got the right, for, uh, the right not to be uh, molested or uh, mistreated in any way, the right not to be discriminated against. Uh, the right for children to be brought up in a... Well, actually, not a lot of countries are obeying that, are they? So. That's brilliant. Thank you very much. It's clear, then, that there's some confusion. 
but also human rights have a clear and obvious relevance to people when they know what they are. So let's look at that. Where do they come from, for starters? The human rights we talk about in Britain, the ones defined internationally in 1948, came about as a response to the events of the Second World War, including the Holocaust. Those events were a stark reminder of what can happen when any society treats, or allows others to treat, some people as less human than others. The rights at the top of the list reflect that history, though they could just as well be applied to the history of human slavery, or what could still happen today under our noses, such as a recent horrific case of abuse that led to the death of a man with a learning disability. There's the right to life, the right not to be tortured or treated in an inhuman or degrading way, the right to be free from slavery or forced labour. If you felt yourself nodding when some of those rights are mentioned, then that illustrates how we can all identify why these things strike us as entirely sensible when applied to ourselves. What marks out a civilization is our preparedness to insist on the same standards for everyone else. And when I say everyone, that has to include people whose background and experiences may seem alien and may be frightening as a result. Let's list a few more of those rights. There's the right to liberty, the right to a fair trial, the right to no punishment without law. Now don't tell me that those don't resonate with us all. Which of us would wish to be detained without trial? And should we solve our social problems by mob rule? But that doesn't deny that applying those principles fairly to everyone can't be awkward for people who favour knee-jerk reactions. But you can't sacrifice the principle, no matter how tempting that might be in the heat of a particular situation. That's why human rights are challenging. They hold us to account when we're tempted to slide. I could go on. There's the right to marry, the right to respect for family life, home and correspondence, the right to freedom of thought, conscience and religion. Sometimes rights like these can appear to conflict with one another too. That last one, about religious conscience, very often comes up against others. But that's why some of these rights aren't simply absolutes. Some rights are, of course, almost totally unnegotiable except in warfare. The right to life, for instance. Some, like the freedom of thought, conscience and religion, are what is called qualified rights. That means they have to be balanced against the competing rights of others. And the law has a way of doing that balancing act. It's called proportionality. It's also worth remembering that rights always come with responsibilities too. The right to freedom of expression is a powerful idea, for instance, but it's tempered by the fact that we're all expected to use it responsibly. Human rights principles therefore give us a very useful up-to-date manual for organising a society where there are bound to be conflicts of interest from time to time or where we may not realise that our best endeavours to treat people are falling short. The Department of Health, in conjunction with the British Institute of Human Rights, is nowadays teaching health service staff how to think about what they do and the services they provide in human rights terms. And it's surprising how far that can extend. What rights are engaged, for instance, if there are insufficient staff in a hospital to change wet sheets? What rights are involved with treating gay and lesbian patients and their partners with respect? What rights are involved if a doctor or a dentist faces removal of their right to work? The NHS has taken a lead by using the principles of human rights to evaluate and improve itself in this way. Maybe that will help to make the concept feel more relevant for day-to-day -day life, at least for the 1.3 million people who work in that field. 
but which other parts of society could give themselves health checks using the same principles? And can we apply them to the way we live our own lives and treat our neighbours? I think we can. All of this means that human rights are undoubtedly political. Yet I contend that they're also the correct basis for evaluating our institutions, services and personal behaviour. So, politically correct? Well then, I'd have to agree. But is that going mad or not? I'll leave that for you to decide. <laughs>